All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of not just one, but those shows are in the building this evening. All right, we got Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, and we got the Mostly Ghostly Show. That's right, another mashup. Uh, don't tell the Boombasticast or Behold the Pill podcast, uh, I guess. I guess one man from that show, because two people from that show is here right now. Uh, Ray Boon, we got you on the Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie show, and vice versa. Mel, Mad Mel, we got you on yep. the Mostly Ghostly very show. My second appearance on that one. Somebody else's. We we also have sounded like we had another guest for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I hit the wrong button on my phone trying to shut, shut it off. <laughs> Danny Lloyd, my boy. So how's everybody doing over there? Everybody doing well? Yeah, survived a snowstorm with just a minor injury. <laughs> yeah. Ray, you surviving yeah. over there? Yeah, doing good. I heard you just uh, you put on your director's cap for the first time recently. Drew? Yeah, short, uh, short uh, starting a, in the first part of a short horror film. Yeah. I wrote and directing and I'm in and I had a great bunch of people love the way it's coming out. Looking forward to seeing that. That sounds like good times. Been a fan of your acting for for many moons, many moons, many moons and clouds. You know, the the, the see through clouds and the dark clouds and the very white clouds. You know. <laughs> um, so I'll be curious to see that. That'll be good stuff. Hell, you know what I mean. Mad Mel, killing it over there. I know Mad Mel. I heard you were working. You were working. You got a little something going on too, right? Yeah, I'm starting to put together my first project, a documentary about one of my clients that is a good person to uh, look up to because she has lots of reasons to let things get her down and she doesn't. Well, that's a great tease. Very great tease. I'll be looking forward to seeing both of these films. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm really enjoying all, like, the research I'm doing. And, like, every Sunday when I've gone into work now, she has, like, stuff written down for me that <laughs> she'll think of. And, like, she's literally right. She's literally telling me all this stuff and pretty much writing herself a new book while we're, while we're working on the project. She's pretty much writing herself a new book because she'll think of something and then she writes me a whole chapter about something in her life. And then she's like, oh, I can use this in my book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of going to work both ways. I like it. She is a very positive and, 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 and the, you know, productive, you know, more productive than uh, some people I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've heard. She, a lot of the times she's more productive, productive than me. Hey, she's, uh, then, that, then that right there deserves an award all in itself. Yep, she should get an Emmy without having to do anything. I'm with it. <laughs> I'll, I'll sing and get her a Grammy with it. She's a musician as well, going in yeah. there. Um, can you speculate and, and throw a little tease out there? Do, would anybody here maybe have heard something that they that she might have created? Any music? No, not back? really. Um, I mean, she's got a few albums out that she has released, but I think it's predominantly um, mostly people that she's close to that would know about it. Um, I'm not really sure i really haven't started digging in the music portion yet it's predominantly just been the books that she's put out yeah and just her long go with being uh very vocal on the political front when it comes to the rights of disabled people 
could there be a theme song or anything like that that she could have done that people might be able to listen to? I don't know yet because predominantly most of her music is just instrumental things. She likes to take instrumental work and then, and then like totally flip it and make it her own. Yeah. Because like I remember at Christmas time, like you know that whole ding fries are done tune was stuck in my head because of one of the songs she was working on. She was using that original beat from that Christmas song. And then I, I'm thinking ding fries are done because of cranky anchors and yeah. <laughs> she's turning it into something different, but you could still hear the underlying effect of where it originally came from. Yeah. 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 We got a theme song. And she wrote our theme song. Yeah, okay, the there you go. Song you were looking for. People might be able to listen to that. You could probably hear some of her work at the beginning beginning of our show. Very nice, very nice. So, so this af- this afternoon, we're having a big, great episode. Um, whenever we have topics that we feel we can branch out a little bit and mash up two episodes, we try to do such things. You know what I mean? Um, with Ray being a, a man from the mostly ghostly show. And uh, we thought it would be a nice mix because we're to have with the shock treatment show, because this show we're going to discuss um, some of our favorite ghost movies. You know, we talk horror, a lot of horror films around around the campfire over here. You know what I mean? And uh, the ghost ones, you know, I've often said how, you know, the ghost ones are the ones that I really think are really creepy because they're uh, they're kind of more more realistic, you know what I mean? You know, there would be naysayers out there, of course, Ray can spec, you know, he can tell us that. But for the most part, you know, the idea of the of the, the apparition in the room is a lot more common than Freddy Krueger walking through somebody's bedroom, you know what I mean? So there's a little more reality to it, I always felt, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, got, you guys big uh, ghost movie fans when it comes to... You know your your gen, general horror intake of of cinema. I don't mind them. I think they're fun. Fun. Well, just because of the fact it's a lot easier to scare people with stuff, ghost stuff because that's more believe. Like you said, it's more believable than Freddy Krueger, Jason, and Michael Myers. Yeah, it's a part of you know kind of you know so scaring culture. Yeah, so scaring the shit out of somebody while watching a ghost movie is a lot easier to do than, you know, really scaring the shit out of somebody with Freddy Krueger because it's it's easier just to, you know, sneak up behind somebody randomly and, you know, be yeah. like boo and freak them out than, you know, get all dolled up as Freddy Krueger and have to scare somebody. Reminds me of when I was a kid, I had the Freddy Krueger as my buddy. I tell you that in my dreams. Yep. Uh, Ray, when I ever tell you about Freddy Krueger when I was a kid, I had dreams that, that Freddy Krueger was my pal and that he would, but him and me would have a, a little thing worked out where he would scare me. Uh, when girls were around, he'd scare me and I'd pretend to be scared and then would be, would be buddies behind the scenes. And I was like his wingman. <laughs> this is before I even knew what a wingman was. I don't know even know where this came from. This is like, I should have this investigated by psychiatrists. You better not. You might not come back out for a while. Uh, <laughs> they might no decide return. to keep you. The point of no return. Yeah. So we're uh, we're yeah. gonna be, huh? I was gonna say the other thing about the ghost movies. Yeah. Is that you have a lot 
a lot more people that believe in ghosts or spirits and hauntings than they do uh, about a lot of other th- a lot of other outrageous things. Yeah. I mean, almost everybody's heard a story or knew somebody or believed in something, and so you bring all that up. That's what that's what you're appealing to, and that's what you're bringing out, and that makes it very effective at haunting and. You know, when they, uh, they're still thinking about it, when they turn the lights out to go to sleep and they get a chill, you did your job. You yep. tapped on that subconscious thing, death, ghost, continuing on. Yeah. No, because I know the house, like, the house I, I lived in when I was married, the house was haunted. So people didn't like to come over and watch ghost movies. They'd watch a slasher horror movie, no problem. But ghost movies, they were like, yeah, no. It, it, yeah, not at my that, house. <laughs> whenever, because then whenever you're in a house alone, whenever you're by yourself, you get that you get that weird vibe. You know, people don't like that. It's weird, you know, because on the mostly ghostly shows, discussed, you know, how much ghost ghost activity there must be around, and how no one's ever really alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, all these intimate moments that you have. You don't are, know who's uh, watching? Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. Oh, now, they're yeah. watching good. They're watching good. Oh, they're around all the time. So we're technically making pornos all the time and not even getting paid for it. I know they got video cameras going. <laughs> they work for Big Brother. Got to make a little, you know, got to put a little laugh element into it. Of course. <laughs> What's life without some laughs? Exactly. Got to got to lighten it up somehow. So you know, we, can't so scare, we don't, we don't want to scare everybody right off the jump. Let's not do that. Let's entertain instead, shall we? Let's. All right. So, um, who wants to start? So, we're going to jump right into the movies that we, we you want to jump in? Or... What are you thinking? You want to vibe up a little bit more? Everybody feel comfy and know each other? Or you want to... I, I don't know this guy at <laughs> all. <laughs> Never seen him a day in my life. <laughs> the boot. Mad Mel was on, shock, was on uh, of course, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, but also on uh, Mostly Ghostly. And we've been on set together, too. And been on yep. set together. When we did American Sasquatch, the, the segment for that. Mm-hmm. Been on the convention circuit together a little bit. Yep. So we're familiar. <laughs> we did our episode with him last season, so of course I know the boot man. Yeah, everybody, if, if people... If you don't, they need to. Yep, if you need to be a little more turned on to who the boot man is, you need to go and pop on in season one of uh, Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, Archive Edition, and uh, go find the uh, the Actor in Black episode with Ray Booten. Learn all ladies, about... and I'll just like, point this out to the ladies, beard. Hell yeah, and also the check ladies out... ladies love a beard, so there's, there's another reason. That beard is chiseled out of white gold. <laughs> it was originally white chocolate, then dipped into white gold. I now like he's it. trying to show it off a little bit. I need a bathrobe, for sure. It's official. I gotta find myself one. I'm a bigger guy, so I gotta go and find. He's got that whole Hugh Hefner thing going on with the robe. All he's missing is a cigar and you know maybe a, a glass of uh, whiskey or something. We need bathrobe. Everybody needs a bathrobe with the Boombastic Time Bomb logo on it. Was that Nautica? Yeah, that's from when a ghost swiped Ray once. That's what that's the residue they leave on you. <laughs> scratch marks, cat scratch marks, ghostly cat scratch marks. So before Ray cuts out of this show and we never talk to him again, let's get back into some topics, eh? 
I know how Ray likes topics. So, um, yeah, do you guys want to just jump right into it? You might as yeah, well. We got a, right we got a big it. list of big list of ghostly flicks. I mean, so, I had a decent list, and now it's so yeah. big that we can yeah. do like ten shows, like you said earlier, out of it. Yeah, we started talking before the show. The show actually started recording, and it was just like movie popping. And there's some movies that you know are very. We got some very obvious ghost movies. There's some obvious ghost movies we decided to keep out of the mix to keep things a little fresh. So if you don't hear your favorite ghost movie, don't have a uh, don't have a conniption. You know what I mean? It'll probably make its way into another uh, episode, uh, another segment uh, of this this ghostly segment. Or you can email us at the shock treatment email address or make a comment when the episode airs and say, hey, you forgot. Fill in the blank. You can can mail Mel a squirrel head and a note. And a winning scratch ticket. A a winning scratch ticket with the void (laughs) void if removed part scratched off just to be be that type of person. (laughs) You know what I mean? Who wants to be that type of person? I feel like Ray's going to X out of here pretty soon. Ray, All you right, having so fun? So in no particular order. Let's just... Well, Ray's I'm killing gonna, it. I'm going to say The Shining. All right. The Shining. Woo! I got that tops on my list. Very quite possibly my favorite ghost movie of all time. You know, up there, top three, of course. Um, classic. Masterpiece. Yeah, are you talking about the, the Stanley Kubrick Edition. Yes, the 1980 Stanley Kubrick, because that's the only one that matters, because the TV one that they did, I thought was garbage, even though Stephen King preferred that one better. Well, Mick, Mick Garris did a good job with the television version, of course. We have Sam Raimi cameo in there. And yeah, King did like that TV, the TV version more, which was very weird. I have, I, I think everybody here probably likes the Kubrick version a lot more. Um but yeah, I guess like the TV version kept more with like the book. With the book, yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. That's the story I've heard too. Um, I don't. I just. I just. I think the only thing that kills me with the TV version too is obviously the ten million and one commercials that they feel the need to. Yeah. Interrupt every two minutes with. I enjoyed. I have. Um, I got the tape, so maybe that's why I enjoyed a little more. Because, but but I agree with you on that. Um, it's very kind of it's TV, so it's kind of a watered down feel a little bit. But there's, um, I want to say the moment of him snapping. I think it's um, Stephen Weber, Miss um, Jack Torrance, when he snaps and he they kind of have this CGI effect over his face that makes him. And there's a shot of him doing this weird smile that I always remember sticking out to me. Um, but yeah, just because it's a TV movie doesn't mean it doesn't have to have any balls because you look you take like Rose Red. Very creepy, um, you know, since we're talking. I mean, it's a perfect movie to bring up right now because that's a ghost movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and the imagery, some of the imagery in that movie is horrifying. You know what I mean? I think, too, like with me, with the difference between like The Shining as opposed to Rose Red is like the original Shining. I saw that as a kid that, you know, that's the version I grew up watching. Yeah. So then, you know the darkness of that movie it, it's not the same as with the tv remake like you said it's a it's like the walmart version even though it's closer to the book it's not as dark and menacing obviously they're not going to make it as menacing just because of the fact it's on tv there's going to be a younger audience watching 
So, you know, they have to, you know, do the milk and cookies version for TV. That's funny you said Walmart because I actually bought my Stanley Kubrick version of The Shining at Walmart when it came out on tape, DHS. <laughs> Ray, did you ever see you, you ever see um, The Shining in theaters? I know you were around for that. Yeah, I saw The Shining, uh, I think it was in the theater. Mm-hmm. My question is, what, what do you think about that taking place in a hotel with all the it plays well to all the stored energies and trauma and everything yeah. that goes on in a hotel, the residual energy alone. And uh, that that all plays very well in that. Is that a common thing? A lot of hotels are haunted. Yeah. And oh, there, yeah. Are con- there are consequences as to uh, that much energy, how it affects a person. And I think the movie plays off that very, very well. I agree. I, I like I like the it stays very true to what it is, I think. You know what I mean? Did you guys ever look into or see that documentary they made about it where they were trying to um they had all the secret meanings things all room three twenty eight or something like that. Whatever the room number is in the shining I, I, I saw it I it's on my queue to watch on I believe it's on Prime. Yeah, I wasn't a gigantic fan. Ray, did you see it? No. I wasn't a gigantic fan. I thought they were really reaching. It was interesting, you know, but it was definitely like they were really reaching at times to the point where you were like, well, anybody could really like say that, you know, Mad Mel's wearing that pink shirt over there and there's a clown behind her. So like the next um, it it part, we're going to do it part three and it's going to have a complete pink theme. You know why? Because Richard Stanley is going to be directing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like pulling that, like, it was like weird stuff like that. But there are some things that were, was like fun um, and interesting to think about the whole approach with their, like how there was like a native American approach to it of the Indians that were like slaughtered type deal um, with like the blood and stuff. And, you know, there was certain things where like they started to pick apart you know, that they said from like the outside shot of the building the, where they get, he gets interviewed in the beginning with the guy, the where the window is, isn't realistic. You know what I mean? It doesn't work out like it isn't like how it would be. So like they try to say that because of that, that means something. But at the end of the day, what it is, is it's, it's kind of picking apart his movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't take it. it it's such a great movie and a masterpiece. You know what I mean? It, it just felt like it was picking apart. There's also a part in the film where with the, the famous scene of the blood coming out of the elevator, um, there was this part where like you see something that like fall, like if you look real close, I guess there's, you see something in the blood and they're trying to say that it looked like a body was in the elevator and that like it started to fall out and you start to see it fall out, but it didn't. Which doesn't make sense. You know, what makes more sense is that it was a bag, one of the bags or a hose or something the blood was in that just happened to have, like, Got you know, fallen into shot type deal. You know it's like, I mean? it, Yeah, it's like those stories with, like, uh, what is it, three men and a baby where there's supposedly, like, a ghost standing behind the curtain and it's really, That's like, more a fun. cardboard cutout or... The Wizard of Oz, a munchkin supposedly hung himself in the background in one of the yeah. scenes. You know, like you know, those kind of set stories. I was I was having trouble comparing The Shining and Three Men and a, a Baby for a second, <laughs> but I just wrapped my head around it after a few moments. But kind of like that, yeah. You know what I mean? I think the Three Men and a, and a Baby references it like makes that movie better, though. 
the fact that it was supposedly haunted is what made that movie it made that movie better. Yeah, and because then you're, then you're spending yeah, two. because then you're sitting there trying to spend the time while you're watching that movie every time they're at, at that particular spot in the you're sitting there trying to find the you know the ghost standing behind the curtain. Well, that Wizard of Oz thing, yeah. I mean, you, you know, I mean, so many tapes must have been blown out at that part from people trying to pause and rewind. You know, Ray, do you remember when you first heard about that whole supposed uh, Munchkin hanging himself in the background of the Wizard of Oz? No. Are you from? Have you heard it, or is that the first time you heard about it? That's the first time I heard about it. Wow. Yeah. There's supposedly a rumor that during, I think, the scene, I think it's right after, like. Um, when the witch throws down fire at Scarecrow and he catches for a little bit in the woods after like the apples, the, the trees come to life. There's supposedly a scene where it looks like a little person, um, like is sw- swing from like a noose or something like that, which is very debatable because like they are, they've, 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 there's been so many different versions of it popped off and they've, you know, there's been stories that they CGI'd it out and, you know, did all that type of stuff. So like to, to actually see it, you need to get your hands on like an old, 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 old VHS of it. Um, or even, you know, super eight, or if you had that, the reels when they were doing the reels and stuff. Um, but yeah, supposedly there's that, you know what I mean? Which is interesting. Uh, I know that you there's the Pink Floyd tie-in. You guys both familiar with the Pink Floyd uh, Dark Side of the Moon album that if you play if you start it at a right time and you play you play it backwards. It, you, no, no, you play it straight on. This is kind of creepy because I did it and it works. I have a DVD where somebody actually did it. Um, but if you play it play it at a certain point, the 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 music will line up with the movie. Like scenes will change and the music will change with it. There'll be different lyrics that'll like relate to what's happening in the movie. It's like really kind of creepy how they did it. And I don't think that they sat down, Pink Floyd sat down and said, Hey, let's do this. I just think it's a weird, eerie coincidence type thing. Cause uh, some things don't hit, but some things hit like pretty eerily. It's creepy. I got the DVD. I will break it. I was going to say, this sounds like one of those, this sounds like one of those things we should do it and tape it while we do it. I bought a, (laughs) yeah, I bought a bootleg dvd off ebay in early 2000s which was some dude just he put the video of the wizard of oz and he put the audio of dark side of the moon together and um you do you play the album twice you, you're supposed to start at like the second growl of at, at the lion growl or something like that is when he's supposed to start the record and um and then it's, it's it's like really weird i haven't watched it in a long time but it, if i remember correctly it was really weird how budget lined up well, now that you're talking about it, I now I now I remember it. Yeah. Now, now that you started talking, that kind of jogged my memory back. Yeah, I remember that. See, I didn't know about the Pink Floyd thing. I think that's actually kind of cool, and I want to I want to try it. <laughs> There's a bunch of teenagers who had a head full of acid that when that when that when the reality of that came together, it had exploded all over their garage. Oh jeez. It, like it sounds like it should be a scene out of the gate. The families they 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 they, play, they put a plate at the table every holiday for him, even though they know they're not going to be there. They're very traumatized by that situation. Well, we're um, talking about ghosts, so if they believe in ghosts, he is going to be there with them. Now, Mad Mel, you believe in ghosts, right? I do. Of course. Very much so. How about J Dog? 
Um, he too, to an extent. Of course, you gotta. Yeah, and I mean, he's had a lot of experiences with things that you know aren't always able to be explained. He's had instances of things that have happened to him where he feels that he caused the issue somehow, but like weird stuff. But like his mom practices witchcraft or did at one point, so yeah. you know he's very in tuned with all of that kind of thing. He's got to be careful. Yeah, he, 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 it's not like it's like something that he practices. <laughs> Just being around it though. Ray, yeah. would, Ray would probably recommend some type of protection prayer just in general over the whole situation. Yeah, Ray and I had had this conversation before back in the summertime. <laughs> Ray's a good man. <laughs> so The Shining's glorious picture. Rose Red. Ray, you ever see Rose Red? I don't think so. It was like the late 90s, early 2000s, um, Stephen King television adaptation. When there was a lot of bad ones coming out, that one came out. But it was yeah, good. that one was actually decent and saved a lot of the, it saved it of all the ones that have been made into, all the, I should say that all the Stephen King movies that have been made into TV movies, Rose Red is the best one of the bunch to me. Directed by Craig uh, R. Baxley or something like that. Uh, f- forgive me for murdering the name. He he's directed a lot of cool things. Uh, mo- most notably, and my personal favorites, is Stone Cold, the Brian Bosworth vehicle, with our boy William Forsyth and Lance Henriksen. Classic, classic. Um, speaking of classic films, I figure I'll throw out another one. I figured all of us had on our list. That film would be the Amityville Horror, 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 Horror. You guys get down with the Amityville Horror? I get down with that movie. I just didn't have it on my list. You know, classic film. Um, I love this film. Um, Much like The Shining, super effective in the scares. It creates a vibe and an element that just, it's thick and it's like that oatmeal and Nightmare on Elm Street when when fucking, what's that, part three? What is that, part one? No, it's part three when uh, she's running up the stairs in her feet. No, that's part one. Nope, that's the original one where she's the yeah. marshmallow stairs. They redid it in uh, they re- for part three. They they maybe it was a hallway or something, but it was some type of hard stepping, hard stepping going up. Yeah. Um, Ray, I completely forgot what I was talking about. Um, but it'll be okay. You know, I know that you guys want to talk about uh, the, the 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 idea of is Freddy Krueger a ghost? I know that. Very well, that's why question. I yeah, that's what I I was figuring too, just because of the fact you know he he only kills in the dreams, so technically he it, it it technically could be a ghost story for that you know reason alone. Yeah, Ray brought that up too. Uh, my opinion is he's he's like kind of a ghost mixed with a demon type situation, where he is kind of a ghost because they do. He is killed, and he would come back as a vengeful spirit. But he's a vengeful spirit with more power. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, so that where that would give him more of like the demon strength. So he's like a ghost on steroids type situation. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, when you also talk about Freddy Krueger, yeah, uh, it's common in ghost lore. That's my for boy, Freddy Krueger. Protect uh, evil people. That when they pass and they do come back, they attempt to collect souls, and they get ga- they gather souls up. So what you're looking at is that works with him because that's where you get the power from. 
the other life energies that you're you're taking and you're absorbing. So uh, Freddie would grow over time. You also have in many cultures, one of them Native American, the living can be what they call dream workers. You can travel, you can put yourself into a trance and travel into a person's dreams to help them. Now, if you're evil, you may use that vehicle of traveling into dreams when the mind is wide open, when the defenses are down. If you're a ghost, you can tap into those dreams to take somebody on and to, uh, in that, in that way, affect them physically or otherwise. Right, you like movies. What's your favorite movie about dreams? Dreams? Yeah, and sleep and stuff. Uh, what dreams may come? I think everybody's missing missing my my. I'm th- I'm throwing these ball these these softballs in. I'm pitching them in. It was the music, and then it was insomniac. You're supposed to say insomniac. <laughs> oh no okay. no no! You see, that, 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 that is in dream. That is in that, dreams. He's not dreaming. So, he's living. He's living. I mean, hell. I know. We could we could tie it in because it's a sleep deprivation. Because a lot of the characters in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies went into sleep deprivation. Trying to avoid falling asleep to avoid Freddy Krueger. I'm being playful, you know. So I'm being playful too. We could work it in. I'm that being way. playful. I'm just all about these things. And Ray Booten is an insomniac. So uh, Ray Booten's the star of Insomniac, killing it. That's where all the money went on the budget to pay off Ray Booten. <laughs> yeah, but the Amityville Horror Classic. I mean, there's scares in that film. That just get to the core, I think, give you the shivers in the core. And when you watch it, it's not like one of those, it's not jump scares. There's creepy mood and a dress, a sense of dread. You know what I mean? It's like almost a, a, you get the feel like we talked about the, the omen a little bit where it's like the omen, you watch the omen, you just get this ooh dreary vibe that it comes with it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think, and yeah. I, the vibe, even, and with, even with, um, Amityville Horror, yeah. the the way it flows is different in the Josh Brolin version than the Ryan Reynolds version. Which I can't lie that I actually I like I, I actually like the Ryan Reynolds version. You know that part. It's where not the, bad. It's, it's just the flow, the vibe of the movie to me feels different than oh, for sure. the original one. They couldn't. I don't think they could go. I don't think they could make Ryan Reynolds as dark as they made the Josh Brolin father character. That father character in the original was so scary. Like I, you got the vibe of like one of those super strict fathers. You know what I mean? Like, as yeah, a like it, kid, made you que- it made you question your own parents and what, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen like, when yeah, we go to a, bed tonight. <laughs> as a kid, I watched, I watched him and he just, it was like, he just felt like a parent's father that, like, you, you, you'd be, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to be caught doing something bad, you know what I mean, with his kid, because he'd scream in both of your faces, maybe even slap you, slap you upside the ash cheek or something. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be caught doing anything wrong, being but, his kid. But he had, a, he had a way, he had a way harsher look to him. But you Ryan take a look Reynolds at this. was still GQ looking, yeah. Well, you, you take a look at the father, you take a look at the whole atmosphere and the way things are built up. That fits right into the way people, where they've had experiences. If someone's ever had a haunting or they've ever encountered something, it has that slow creep up on you. Yeah. And I think that, that makes the film effective because everybody can go, oh, no, 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 no. And that feeling sticks with them. 
And I think that made the original very, very effective. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, Brolin looks like he's losing his mind. When you're watching that movie, you get this very... (laughs) You see the you yeah you see the progression like yeah. you see Jack Torrance's character in The right. Shining, you know as he slowly starts to lose it. It's the Very same good, thing with yeah. Josh Brolin in Amityville Horror. You see you get that build up, you know. He moves in. He's all happy go lucky. They just bought their first home, you know, they, to raise their family, and the shit hits the fan, and you start seeing him, you know, slowly lose it as the movie progresses. And, and I even I'd even go to far as far as to say Brolin seems way more unstable than Jack than Jack ever did. Like I feel oh, like God, I yeah. would rather if I had to square off with one of those one of them, I'd rather do with uh, with Jack Nicholson with Torrance. Yeah, because like, wasn't there a scene like I, I, with um, Josh Brolin where he grabbed like the gun or something and went into the kid's bedroom? Oh yeah, well the the, the whole yeah, well you know the whole story I, I think is that's, how like that's more scary than him going after Wendy with a baseball bat. Yeah, they both they're both very similar because they would have if given the chance they would have killed everybody in the family. You know? Oh God, yeah. I think that was the overall plan for, but it is it's very it is very much alike. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Amityville Horror is one of the famous Warren um, stories, you know. We yes. talked about that on Mostly Ghostly many, many a time. You know, the, they caught a lot of heat for that one because that was one of the stories that they they claimed there was a lot of fibbing going on behind the scenes. Right, Ray? Oh, yeah. They uh, <clears throat> Well, anytime you have something like that and it gets big and the people investigate, uh, two things can happen. One is the investigators can get caught up in it. And do some do some exaggerating, uh, but even more so, you got the the debunkers that'll look for everything to be able to tear those people down. Yeah, and they they start tearing into oh well you're making this up you're making that up and they try and find it they create uh, reasons to debunk it or put the person down and say you're wrong mm-hmm. uh-huh. instead of instead of just going with it. And, uh, trying to take like a middle road and say, let's see what's here. You, you have those debunkers. I've seen it in ghost shows uh, uh, where people go investigating and they've reached for everything in the world to try and explain something away that they can't explain. But they explain it, the, the explanation to say that it's not a ghost, it's lame. And I think that when they were attacking, when they were attacking the Warrens that uh, there were a lot of people that were doing that, trying to bring them down. They were too famous. They didn't like it. Yeah, the um, you know, the keeping with the Warrens, you know, we can go um, to the, the Conjuring universe. We can go into the Conjuring universe, yeah, because the Conjuring's another one of those films that kind of caught some. As far as the Warren story goes, that was one of those ones that was debatable that it was a hundred percent fact. You know, I want to say that was the the big one that broke broke. Uh, I don't I don't I don't know if it broke the case open on the whole ordeal of the big question. I'm sure it's been questioned for years, but the Conjuring was the one that with the lawsuit, I want to say there was a big lawsuit because the guy who wrote the book wanted to get paid off of the movie because he said the Warrens were the only ones that got paid like when when the story got bought from, you know, James Wan and whoever, I forget whoever, but the studio was, but they only paid the Warrens um, because they thought it was just their story and that the author just told it for him, but I guess the author said, you know, a lot of stuff in that book I just is fiction that I put in there to make the story better. 
And I want to say that the dude actually won the lawsuit and like got a big settlement out of it, which of course would mean that it's true if it was proven, you know what I mean? Because um, proving it is the hard part. I mean, being uh, being the fact that I'm from Rhode Island and that house is located in Pasco, which isn't far from where I live, I'd actually love let's to go see to it. if if the new owners would let us, you know, go in and walk around and you know. Well, the new owners they do they've let a variety of uh, teams investigate. I don't know what their conditions are, but I do know that there have been multiple teams that have gone in there and investigated. Uh, as far as the guy writing the book, uh, that could have been sour grapes because the warrant stole his fire. Yeah. So he, tur- he turns around and tries to knock him down that way. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I would love to go into that house. Even I'd love to just go get, take a picture in front of it. Even take yeah. pictures, you know, take a picture of it, you might catch something in it. It's I mean, definitely really, something worth, to, it's definitely, you know, and, you know, we can't get in trouble for being on the property because they do allow people to walk we, around outside as long as you're not being, you know, destructive. In a, well, in a situation like that, you're better off to be cool about it. And they usually would be cool back. Ray, I got a question for you about this. You think in a situation like this house, do you think that more, but the more that people talk about it and attention that it gets just in the media and stuff, you think that that would... You know, typically that would feed the energy of it. You think that's the case still? I I think that's the case. I also think that since they're allowing a lot of investigators in um, and they allow people to walk through or have tours, all these people go with that energy. And they're just reinforcing the haunting. They're lending their energy to the haunting. And they're actually creating uh, a bit of that haunting there. The uh, spirits bringing them right out, so they're yeah they're making it worse in that respect, uh, making it more more difficult for someone to live there because things will ramp up the more you do that. That three films all together, right? Oh no, there's more than that. Um, yeah, they have the spinoff, the Annabelle movies. They have the yeah. That's why I, I, when I was talking about, it, I said the Conjuring universe because there's there's a third Conjuring movie coming out. It's supposed to be coming out this summer. There's a, at least um, there's three i believe of the annabelle movies out already then they have the nun the curse of la lorna ties into it and i think there's one other one but there's like eight movies all together already since it started with this franchise uh, conjuring 2 is that the one in london that's the like one in london the yeah, old guy the in the chair yep I thought that was really creepy yeah i actually liked i actually enjoyed that one better than i did the first conjuring I agree. I, I thought that one had a lot more of the spook factor to it, you know, because they just, and the fact that he, like, those kids were, like, straight up tormented throughout that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like, the little boy is just sitting in his tent and he starts going on about the Slender Man, which is another movie that was made into, another story that was made into a movie. Yeah. But it's, like, very. I don't, I don't know what the right way to say it with <laughs> because like the kids, it's like, it's, that, that's something that's going to scar them for life. Yeah. You know, like with, like what poltergeist, you know, anything that involves children, it, it, it makes it a lot harder to deal with because, you know, you don't want to, cause you don't want to leave the child or, you know, let them feel that it's real, even if it is. Right. You know, you know, you don't want to scar them for life. Or scar them more so, <laughs> you know, depending on the situation. Child's mind is very fragile. 
Yeah. And they're so open and susceptible to that energy that, you know, that's why they want to keep them safe. Yeah. But that's why you want to keep them safe, even more of a reason to keep them safe and try to like make them think that it's not real. Well, you brought up poltergeist. You know, I think we, we, we should probably pop into that. Cause I feel like the, you know, we, we were talking about some of the biggest, uh, ghostly movies of all time, you know, and it ties in with like the Indian burial ground stuff because there's like a lot of stories about that movie and the set and whatnot with the the human skeletons that were used in the in that pool scene and that you know they were supposedly moved a burial ground in order to build that set. Yeah, and on our first mashup episode, I remember we talked about the curse of it. I think Billy Coyne. They got like Indonesian, uh, Indonesian um, skulls. Like they, they instead of getting like fake skeletons, they got like real people skeletons or something, and tried to use them for props. And they think that that's part of the reason why the movie had such a curse to it. Well, they found that it was uh, cheaper to get the real skeletons, yeah, than it, than it was to get the props. So they used real ones. Food, dang! What a world, huh? It just it makes you wonder, like with a with a human skeleton being sh- like shipped here from Indonesia or you know wherever it, it's coming from, how much of that person's soul is still attached to good question. that particular skeleton? That's a good question. If anything at all, right? What do you think? You think that's something that would kind of you'd lose pieces along the lines, you know, like the physical body, or do you think it's something that, you know, the, the, everything stays together until it gets to where it's going? Well, I think there's two things you can look at. The skeleton, you can extract DNA from, and if DNA determines who we are, the essence of the person is still there mm. in the DNA. Um, but if you're also looking at, if you're coming from Indonesia, they have a different ritual over there. And part of that ritual is that the body has to be buried together all the parts. Otherwise, the soul does not rest. So if they took parts and shipped it, shipped them over to this country to make the film, the souls of those people, the spirits, would not be at rest. And they may just haunt those who have the parts, since they have not been connected. Mm. Um, I know that one ritual over there, if you wanted to uh, torture somebody, supposedly, in, uh, in death and continue that torturing, it would be to behead them and move the head to a different place because then you would condemn the spirit to wander the earth because they were not at peace when they died. Yeah. If they took those bones and they brought them over here and they weren't complete skeletons and you've got some pissed off spirits because that is the tradition that uh, they grew up in and that is uh, what they believed at their death and you've trapped them and they may just travel with those skeletons or parts of. They're not liking the fact that they're dead if they're if they're realizing that about looking at their skeleton. Is it? Do you feel that's the same? Like with the whole Conjuring universe? Like if you pay attention to the different Conjuring movies, there's a scene in one of the Annabelle movies where they actually are supposedly in the Warrens' home, in the room that they have blessed on a weekly basis with different objects. Yeah, the museum thing. Yeah, the museum, like where Annabelle, where they actually keep Annabelle. Which is, by the way, a Raggedy Ann doll, for those of you who don't know, now you know. No. <laughs> but yeah. each object 
is supposedly that's supposedly haunted. Like it makes you wonder how much. And this is all the person you, right? that it's attached to is with that particular object. And this is all by you. This was it was in that house by you. At one no, point. not the not the Conjuring House. The Warrens Museum. Oh, okay, the Connecticut. Is, I think is the Connecticut House. Yeah, but they were actually because of all the traffic that that house was getting, they actually, um, I believe, right before um, Mrs. Warren passed away, they had just actually bought property to move it into a bigger spot where they could have people come in and tour and it not, you know, congest the neighborhood with traffic. So it I burned don't know. down, right? Didn't it burn down? I want to. I don't say- know. I know that. I know there was a lot. There was a lot of um, police reports being filed because the neighbors were getting mad because there was so much traffic in the neighborhood for people trying to find the house or visit the house if they knew where the location was. Yeah. So. I want to say. Yeah. I last I knew they were they were supposedly buying. They had bought a a piece of property that they were going to transform into a museum so that you know. The neighbors would stop bitching about all the traffic in the neighborhood for people coming to see the Warren house. Yeah, I think we had a guest on the show that was talking about how it burnt. Like the museum had like a fire in it. And mostly ghostly. This sound familiar, right? Maybe uh, Ray Arnold? Possibly, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you got to figure all that stuff there, all the bad energy, like that museum that they had in their house, that scene that you were talking about from the film, I think we're talking about the same scene where it's just this almost gigantic storage unit of, like, paranormal, cursed, weird. Yeah, there's just, like, cases and shelves of, um, you know, there's, like, board games, there's a piano in there, there's, there's a, yeah, there was a Ouija board. Um, yeah. The, obviously, the Annabelle doll, um... Ray, like you little f- trinkets, bracelet, those like jewelry, like little trinkets, like watches, pocket watches, yeah. um, rings. Like, that stuff can all be haunted. Yeah, it's crazy. Ray, you familiar with the, this scene that we're talking about at all? Uh, no. So picture, you know, let's say someone's got a house in, in one of the bedrooms, instead of, you know, one of their bed back dens or something like that, or back bedroom. They just, It's a bunch of shelves. Yeah. And it's all this different thing from paranormal cases. You know, this Annabelle doll is cursed, uh, is there. It kind of makes me wonder, too, because, like, how much of the movie is really true in reality? Because, like, at that one room, too, there's, like, 90 locks on the outside of that door. That's probably Hollywoodized. You know, I mean, it wasn't literally like 90, but, there, you know, there was like yeah, a good number a lot, of locks yeah. on that door. So, like, it makes you really wonder, too, do keep it that secure, you know, for people not to go in so that they didn't have any issues with the spirits that were contained in that room? Because obviously they're going to, you know, are they going to get out? They're going to obviously, are they going to escape when you go in to have the room blessed? Because they were having the room blessed a couple of times a week because of the, the spirits that are supposedly contained within. Yeah. So how safe is it really to have that in your home, especially if a child's involved? Oh, I agree completely. And, and not to cut right off, but in this room, the painter, it's just full of all these artifacts. What were you going to say, Ray? I would have to say that you could seal the room 
there are different ways. You just like you can seal a home to keep things out, you can seal a room to keep them in, mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of bless it to neutralize or bring the energy down within the room. But uh, it is just better not to have a room like that at all, because yeah, uh, all it, is it, those objects you... will feed. They'll feed off each other, and they'll feed off of and affect anybody going into the room. So isn't it, you would think that would be kind of like a, a dangerous thing because you're just kind of like playing with fire by putting all those different types of bad energy together. Like, you're, I consider that like a ticking time bomb. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think that multiple locks on the door, if it's not Hollywood, then that would be symbolic. And when you would lock them, you would probably say a prayer with a different type of prayer on each one. Yeah, because like I knew even that, like with, even within the house, if you paid attention throughout the movie, other than the locks that were all on that door, there were crosses everywhere. The Warrens had crosses all over that house. There was not one room you could walk into where you didn't see a cross or two. Yeah. Right, Ray's counting the 50 in that room right now. <laughs> it's uh, one on each wall, one facing each direction. Yeah. It's it's kind of scary when you think about um, how many people think that all that stuff's mumbo jumbo. So like when a realtor or something comes in and sells that house to a family and now like a six-year-old kid's bedroom is like what that room used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like that, uh, that episode that from um, American Horror Story, the first season, The Murder House. Yeah, I never seen it. Um, I gotta catch up on that. Everybody loves the like, horror story. I haven't watched it in a while, but like that first season sticks out to me just because of the fact that you know with the murder house. Yeah. Because you just said like people were murdered in there. If you're selling the property, do you tell the p- potential buyer that hey, you know somebody was murdered in this house and this claims that the house is haunted, or do you just say do you lie and you know? act like everything's fine and the house is perfect like well, there's no bad energy nothing because i mean i know my mom you know growing up anytime we moved you know she'd have a priest yeah. come in and you know bless the house and you know get rid of the bad energy from whomever had lived there prior so it's like growing up in that kind of atmosphere and then seeing somebody that didn't grow up like that it kind of makes me wonder how they would feel of being in that same type of situation you know, you're going to buy the house that someone was murdered in the bedroom or are you going to pray that the realtor doesn't tell you and just go about your business? Well, there's certain places where I think it's the law that if there's, if there is something like that, you have to tell people like you have to tell them someone was murdered there or you have to tell them even deeper that if there is like paranormal activity, um, certain places, not every place. That's why it is interesting that if it was a naysayer person, because right now we're not talking about a murder that happened. We're talking about literally, you know, I like to collect a lot of weird stuff. It's literally like if I collected weird, super negative stuff, like whoever gets this place after us, it would be, they're not going to go, okay, by the way, that guy liked a lot of weird shit. So just so you know. You know, they'll never bring it up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because it was like so, my mom when I first started collecting the Living Dead dolls. When yeah. those when these dolls first started coming out, you know, the whole thing with pushing those dolls to sell was that the spirits of whomever each doll represented was inside that doll, which is why, like, a lot of them come with, like, little scrolls with, like, how they died and, you know, whatnot inside the box if you actually open it. 
Yeah. So I have, Very like, a weird. doll that's supposedly, like, the Black Dahlia. And, you know, my mom was, like, freaking out. She's like, why do you have that doll? You know, like, her spirit is probably in that doll. And, you know... You're bringing it in the house. You don't know what kind of bad energy, you know, because my mom was very. She would have been a very, mostly ghostly fan. Very yeah. much so. <laughs> she was big time into all of that, you know. So kind of rubbed off on, you know, made us more open to the, to the atmosphere of ghosts and such ourselves. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, she went, she was livid between. I think the only two times my mom ever really got super pissed at me about something was the time I brought home a Ouija board and when I first brought home one of those dolls. I stand, I stand corrected. I took a count. There's seven in this room. Seven crucifixes. Ray has one tattooed across his back. My mom had them all over the place when she was alive, too. She just felt better having them all around her. Does anybody? Yeah. No, my, my my back is not a, a my back is done, but it's not a crucifix. I was joking. Your back's done. Oh yeah. I what do you get on your back? Me? Picture of me? <laughs> well, in the middle of it, there's a there's a skull. My skull? Uh, nope. Uh, there's, there's, there's a pat that goes from like the waistline up to the base of the neck and across the whole back. I like that. I have to basically. Uh, I did. I didn't do my lower body yet, but I got something on every almost everything else. Why well, are you are you a fan of the big the, like the, getting the whole sleeves and all that? Uh, no, I I designed all these myself except for one, and they're all uh, having to do with different uh, spirit spirit guides, spiritual matters, uh, personal attachments, and power. Like uh, yeah, like I, protection spells on your body. Uh, protecting spells and power spells and, you know, all right attached. They're built into the body, so to speak. So just because of the fact that you mentioned those, I'm going to lead this into another movie that I really enjoy with Ghosts is 13 Ghosts. Because mm. I love how they had, like, when you entered the house, how every piece of glass within that house had a protection spell to protect everybody that was in that home from the ghosts in the basement. Yeah. So are your tattoos kind of... In, in, a, in, a, in a sense, they are. Um, the whole house is, there's something in the walls of the hall. Every single room, every single direction is covered by something. Some of them are Native American. Some of them are uh, Christian. There are different things from different areas. There are crystals. There's. Uh, so, like with one. the skeleton key, is another one too that was big on using uh, like the protection of like the salt on the doorways. Um, I've seen people use like red sand or something to help with warding off certain types of spirits. Well, it's also you can use um, you can use blessings from Reiki. You can continually cleanse the house. You can use rituals to remove attachments on a regular basis. Uh, there are certain medication uh, meditations and certain uh, practices that uh, set up really what you would probably call a energetic field, positive energetic field that other thing that uh, anything that is not positive would be uncomfortable or not want to cross that boundary. So I tend to use uh, all of them. <laughs> uh, the so if, if one doesn't protect you, the next one will. 
Well, the other thing is that I, I'm, I am widely open. I've learned to shut myself down and put my barriers up. Yeah. If I, if I don't, I can go walking around. When I say there are uh, spirits all around you, uh, when I was younger and I used to, um, first was exploring my gifts, I'd go out. I lived near an outside type of mall area and outlet, where there's outlet stores. Mm-hmm. And I might be standing there. And if I opened up, I could see all the spirits moving around. I could see the live people and the spirits, those that were with them and those that, that were not. So, so you're kind of like that. So then you, you were kind of Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense. Uh, I, I could see them everywhere if I opened myself up. I mean, and they are, they are everywhere. They're some, some are bound to locations and some are bound to people. And uh, they're there all the time. I just uh, have built up this cocoon, this barrier, this place that I can retreat into that nothing is allowed unless I invite it. What do it look like? Uh, well, the nicer ones are people. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how can you tell the difference of whether it's a real person or a ghost when uh, you're out in the public? If, you can tell the difference. That is experience after a period of time. The way they behave, the way they look at you, because uh, as soon as you open yourself up, they notice. You you become like turning a light on, a bright light, and it's like, oh, one of them sees us. Ah, like a you don't see the them. Flame. You don't see them like gory, like the sixth sense, though, right? No, I, no. Um, most of the time I just see them as they were, and if they're not fully human, then I see what they are. What do you mean, fully human? Half, half? Uh, something masquerading as human. Something that's evil. You might call it a demon or uh, elemental. Yeah, or what, like one something of the else that's trying to like cross over. Something that's crossing over. To. Yeah. And basically, you, you can see the form shifts and then you get a hint of what it was. Um, on different levels in the spirit world, there are different forms. I used to have some one... Uh, one of my spirit guides early on teaching me was I used to call her my grandmother because she uh, would present as a kindly old, a little old lady, like a grandmother. Yeah. And one time I said, I want to, you know, is this you? I want to see what you do. And I got a flash and it scared the crap out of me. But she was benevolent. Even I was not used to that form and seeing it. And with my perspective and being used to human forms, it was terrifying but she was not terrifying. She was helpful and helped me along the way. And as a matter of fact, I did a modification of that form. And that's one of my tattoos because she's always been a protector and a helper. Oh, in the form, in the form that scared you? You got that tattoo? Yeah. I want to see that next time I see you. I know. Right? I was going to say the same thing. I want to see it too. <laughs> Especially if it's in a place we, you know. Well, this is an 18 plus show, technically, but <laughs> we don't, we don't need to start letting people know that we strip on the show, you know? <laughs> you look at it, it looks just like Alex Hawk. It's Alex um, Hawk's not face. That, not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hawk just Poor woke Hawk. up. Yeah, right? He just woke up with a tear in his eye. He doesn't know why. <laughs> but but they, they are. They are out there. When you're talking about that haunted room, all that yeah. energy and all those attachments would be in that room. Yeah. It would, it would be crowded. It would be an intense energy. And, uh, yeah, that would be difficult to uh, 
particularly the more objects you put in, difficult to contain and control. How much damage do you think could be done to a kid in a situation where a family comes in and puts a, like a, makes that room a kid's bedroom? Uh, destroyed or taken over, uh, corrupted for life. Possibly, uh, I don't think they'd want to, unless they had something against the parents, I don't think they'd want to take the life of the child because that is, uh, if they can control it, then they have something for a whole lifetime that they can affect uh, people and uh, and continue on outside of that room. But I think, yeah, it would be devastating. You think all those items were negative spirits or uh, you think maybe there were some good ones in there as well? The good ones, I think, tend to tend to move on once their job is done and they're yeah. there only to help people. Anything trapped in that room um, from a so-called haunted object would be a negative spirit. So it's it's one very negative room. I know that um, I have some friends that uh, also uh, mediumship and work with uh, Reiki and light. And when they come over to visit, they come through the door and they go, Ah, oh, this place always feels so good. See, that's because oh. I keep the, I keep the junk out, out. I don't let it in. Yeah. So that this is this is the retreat. Like I said, it's my little uh, little cave over here that uh, nothing gets in unless I want it to. In a situation where she closed off that room, do you think um, did she, would she have to live like a very good life? Like um, make sure she doesn't like being that close to something that's being closed off pretty much by, I assume, a holier power. Would she have to be careful not to swear? I know this comes off goofy, but would she have to be careful not to swear or maybe do things that were negative that might, you know, break that, whatever was keeping it in there? I would have to say that uh, as opposed to, you know, you momentarily get mad and you swear is one thing, but um, if you start finding yourself uh, immersed in negative thoughts and energy, and you find yourself starting hating people or disliking something, you better pull up short and correct yourself because that's what they feed on. Should should have to keep some type of peace? You think to live in that house with that stuff? Yes, definitely have to keep some type of peace and some type of rituals going on a regular basis, even outside the room. Now, the, the husband died like 10 years before she did, right? Uh, quite a bit, yeah. Maybe more. Was that a paranormal thing, or was that like, you know, do you know what what he died of? I don't know what he died of, but what is kind of curious is there's a famous haunted cemetery in Connecticut that's mm-hmm. been investigated a lot. It's legendary, and that's where they were buried. You think that they would be, you know, there'd be spirits out there that would want to try and kill them? Um. If they pissed enough off, they may want to try and damage them, corrupt them, or kill them. I think in a profession like that, there was people waiting for him when he died, or things, um, not people, but things. That's that's going to be a, depending upon how they lived and who they were when they died and how well they uh, gave up this life. So, he, I like, even, I mean, I mean, like him being a good guy. You know, you think they're, you know. Like the demons that he cast out and stuff like that, you think they'd be waiting for him to try and get him when he when he crossed over? Uh, being a good guy, no, because I think they know better. They better not, know better. You're not you're not, you're not going to tag the good ones when when they when they cross over if that's what their soul or their heart is. 
they, they, they're going to move on. Uh, the other thing too is, okay, if you've got someone who is good yeah, and you're negative mm-hmm. and they cross over, do you really want to spend what amounts to eternity or close to it, whatever your belief system is linked to this person that uh, is the opposite of you and fought you all the time that you were unable to control, you got banished by? You don't want that person around. You know, I'll let this one pass. I'm going for that other weak one over there. <laughs> it's true. They are kind of uh, bottom feeders, you know what I mean, in a way. They're bottom feeders, and uh, evil has always been weak. Yeah, it's true. It's all, always lost in the long run. So what do you want someone around that's going to kick your butt? Yeah. So I looked up about how Ed Warren died, and I said he died in Monroe, Connecticut, from an unknown force at the age of 79. An unknown force? That sounds very paranormal. Weird. Huh. Unknown force. Yep. I'm wondering, is that part of the legend or what? It it doesn't go too much into it. That unknown force was opioid addiction. Yeah, right. Or, you know, an unknown (laughs) force was probably like a heart attack or something. That's what I assumed. I, I feel like in a business like that, Stress levels through the roof, you know, uh, you know, just dealing with what you're dealing with. And the, criti- the people that criticize you dealing with that. I don't imagine it being a lucrative uh, field, May- even at their caliber. You know, I feel like it's still kind of you worry about money and stuff and uh, you live a lifestyle. You don't want to go back to work in it. Um, you know what I mean? Pumping gas, with his- whatever the fuck. <clears throat> something yeah. with his throat. It was something with his throat. Interesting. Yeah, it's, huh. a, it's just it's just kind of funny how you know even on a Wikipedia they'll be like, um, yeah, unknown forces and types, you know, just to kind of add fuel to the fire about that family. Well, that's the curious thing because I bet every everybody probably asks that question as soon as they find out he's dead. How how did he die? Ghosts kill him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you? You would think that you know, or being scared to death. You know, he could. It could have been an unknown force because if he was scared to death, he could have very easily have had a heart attack. Well, yeah, I mean, somebody. Well, and they also talk about um, Ray. Who was that on the show talking recently about how they'll actually grip, like, squeeze your heart? There's there's paranormal and there's energy that'll like squeeze your heart that could give you heart attacks. I I think that was James. Yeah. That that was that that was James. Um, If you're talking about Ed Warren. Um, yeah, because I was kind of doing a little thing of asking about how he died and stuff, and my throat just closed up. And then when I said thank you, it opened, and usually that means there's a message in there. That's why I said something in the throat. Hmm. Maybe a swollen? Could that be swollen? Swollen, whatever. It just felt like somebody, uh... Like anaphylaxis, he could have had like an allergic reaction to a medicine. Could have been poisoned. Could have been poisoned. He could have been yeah, allergic reaction. My throat hurt and it wanted to close down. That's all I can I can say. Usually, once I get the feeling, if I say thank you, they let go, and it went away when I said thank you. 
See, that's so. tough. That's one of the suffocating is one of those uh, unglamorous like, ways of going out. You know. Yeah, suffocation is not fun. Speaking from experience on a couple of uh, a couple of different situations, yeah, um, it's definitely not the way I want to die. I'd like to quote. The, I would like to quote the singer of Papa Roach real quick. I'm just joking. What scars? <laughs> no, yo, suffocation, oh. no breathing. Right. Um, I, I should have went with the lyric. I wasn't going to go with the lyric. I figured you guys would have known. No, oh, I Tom, do. I do know that song. I'm way off my game today, completely. That uh, time I did die. Um, that was that was part of the problem. I didn't know I was allergic. If you you should write a book one day called "That Time I Did Die," and uh, I, my lungs clogged up, my throat clo- closed up, I couldn't breathe, and uh, it took me about oh, it wasn't a, that fast a process. It took me a while. I was aware of what was going on, and that part was ugly. What happened afterwards when I was dead was great, but that part yeah. was ugly. Yeah, well. Pain and death is painful. Anybody out there wondering, Ray's letting you know right now. Ray, what's your opinion on like, um, like with the movie The Others about ghosts still thinking they're alive and that you know the other person that's alive is the actual ghost, you know, because they don't realize that they're dead. Well, that that's a lot. Uh, I think that's possible, definitely. I think that's a lot of what, uh, you get sometimes not really residual. You get people that uh, don't admit they're dead or don't know they are, and they do. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. They do continue in their life. Uh, they tend to stay in a location they're in uh, that they lived in, and do things over and over again that they did in their life because they don't realize that they're dead, and they will appear. Some people will sometimes see them. Um, and you see somebody uh, in a house, you see some somebody in a yard, and you see somebody around somewhere doing something, and they do look like a person. Uh, one of the dead giveaways is, let's say someone buys a house and uh, they see someone, they walk across the living room and through a wall, and they they start freaking out. Or, and then they look at the old plans to the house, and there used to be a door there. That person doesn't realize they're dead. They are just repeating uh, their life, living it, they think. So even though um, the home's been, even though the home's been remodeled, even though that they're dead, they're still seeing that home as the way it was when they passed. So even though that doorway is no longer there, they're still going to go through thinking that, well, that do- that they're door still is, there. So it's still yeah, there. The, the door is there. That type of uh, haunting is, is fairly common because people get locked in and trapped in this life and they don't realize they're dead and they just keep on, uh, living even though it's half in this one and half in the next one that's like those are the ones they say just they haven't crossed over or had a reason yeah. to cross over yet like i know what is it unfinished business unfinished like in casper business. they didn't go anywhere like unfinished business and th- those are the ones where if you have the ability then you can um help that person cross over and uh help them re- get a release from this uh this life and move on peacefully. That kind of reminds me, um, I don't know, have either one of you ever seen the movie Ghost House with Scout Taylor Compton and Mark Boone Jr.? No. It, it came out, 
I want to say it came out in like 2015, 2016. It's directed by Rich Ragsdale. Um, I I think, I want to say it's Japan or China. Ghost house, eh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, They're on vacation and... When they go on vacation, they think it's funny when they there's like this little house. It almost looks like it's a miniature version of the home that's in front of them. They think it's a mailbox, but it's got spirits inside of it. I like it already. And they kind of unknowingly, unwittingly release the spirits. And then the girl like starts to slowly like lose her mind and start seeing things that are going on. They're in Thailand because they disrespected a ghost house. The the speed the evil the malevolent spirit was released after, so and then they have they go through they go yeah they go through this like whole routine where they have to get the body back inside and restore everything to the way it was prior. Yeah, but. And it's oh, been yeah, a while since cool. I've seen it. Yeah, you know, it came out in 2017. But it was a re- it was actually really was a good movie. I've seen it a couple of times. It, it's freaky because, you know, just to think of, it makes you not ever, it makes you second guess destroying things you're not sure about. You know, like, that, that's like going into a, a cemetery here and desecrating somebody's tombstone or, you know, cemetery plot. Yeah. That's, so... You wouldn't, well, you would hope for people not to be that ignorant and rude. But, you know, we know, we, we all know that there are those people out there that will do it. Every year. It's just the fact that, like you said, like, well, we're going, I'm saying with this, you don't know what spirit is in that grave or, you know, who was buried. You don't know who the person was that was buried there. So why, whether you believe in ghosts or not, why tempt fate? With respect. It's a respect. People thing. don't have, but that's the thing. Nobody has respect. They want respect, but you you have to give respect to get respect. So yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that's that's, that's like ancient uh, respect. Ah, huh? what a thing. Everybody wants it right away. They don't want to ain't it. Well, most most people don't respect the living, so why are they going to respect the dead? That's true. That's very true. That's poetic. Um, Occasionally, I'm smart. I think so. <laughs> so I, I agree with that. I have moments. <laughs> I agree with that. You know, um, right away, I'm agreeing completely. I got a movie for you. Yeah, let's hear it. It's not about ghosts. Okay. But it has ghosts and haunting in it. All right. So it, and it's going to totally surprise you. Uh, what era? What? Give me a year, a time frame. Um, I think it's out of the nineties. It's about ghosts, but nope, it's not about ghosts at all. But it has ghosts in it and a theme of spirits. As long as it's not a Patrick Swayze ghost. Nope. Say no Beetlejuice. Um, so Tell me when you give up. You, you, you're never going to get it. Tell me when you give up. Give up. House on Haunted Hill. Nope. 
I'm going to give up because there's so many movies. We'll be here all day. We'll, we'll make 10 episodes just trying to figure out the movie. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you. Okay. Okay, Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, giant monsters all out attack. Okay. Now, at the beginning of that film, it's a small film company that's uh, doing a documentary in an area. And they notice the person behind the mic notices a weird guy standing there off in the distance. When they look back, this lady looks back and he's gone. They go and there's this old shrine. They're filming it. And then when the guy puts the camera down, he looks up and some of the images he just filmed are not there. They're on the film, but they're not, but they're not when he looks in the area. Okay. Later on, what they're doing, uh, is that Godzilla shows up and they go to find this guy. When they find him, he's in, he's, uh, in jail because he's been on the, in this park or this area that he's not supposed to be in, which happens to be the area they were in, and they're interviewing him. And he's warning them. And he's telling them about the guardian monsters, which happens to be Martha and the others and stuff. They're there to protect Japan. They've got to wake them up. Because Godzilla's coming. And they say, why? And they say, you know, why is Godzilla coming? Because of the souls of the people Japan has forgotten what they've done, and the souls of the people are angry. So yes. that's why is that that's what brings Godzilla because he comes back to restore balance. No, what what he says is that no, it's not just the Japanese. All the souls of killed on both sides, both sides, have now taken over Godzilla and have come to punish Japan for what it did in the war. Now Godzilla, they use that style only once. That's the only film they use that one, uh, that suit. It has uh, kind of a milky white eyes with no pupils. And uh, this whole thing plays out. And then afterwards, they say, oh, well, we'll make a documentary about this and stuff like that. And uh, we can use the film of the guy. And the cameraman turns around and says, the film's blank. And they say, well, we'll interview him again. And the guy just looks at them and says, I researched them. He died 50 years ago. Ah. Oh, wow. So he pops in and out at the beginning. He shows up on the film to warn them that it's all these angry souls coming to punish. And then at the end, everything, everything, uh, every, any trace of him disappears because he's been dead for 50 years. So they tied a little bit of... Uh, little bit of the ghost there and angry spirits and angry souls into the story. I like that. What yeah, I do too. That's kind of dope. Like how the Japanese culture gets into the uh, gets into the ghosts. You know, we, they, we've had like the grudge. The grudge ring. ring yeah. You know, that we really took from them in the early 2000s. Hollywood was tapped the fuck out in the early 2000s and they had to go uh, take from Japan. Well, like I, I was, I'm not going to this wasn't really like a ghost story, but like the cabin in the woods, you know, yeah. when, when they had the scene where they were, you know, the, the Japanese people were all love and light and, you know, were able to banish the bad spirits before the American kids could, or whoever else was part of that, you know, whole thing. Yeah. It makes you wonder, well, if they can banish these spirits that quick, is it because like with the Godzilla movie, 
because of all the wrongs they've done. So they got to figure out a way to, you know, right the wrong quicker so that they can live in peace. Yeah. Very spiritual culture. Well, it's reflected in the Lesserfell area. They had a whole series, the later Mechagodzilla films. But the last one, Tokyo SOS, again, out of the late, this one's out of the late 90s. And when they built Mechagodzilla, they used some of the DNA. It's a DNA computer. They used Godzilla's DNA to put it into Mechagodzilla. And at the beginning of the films, those little theories from Infant Island that are associated with Martha come to visit a guy and tell him that they can't use Mechagodzilla. That's not well, very politically correct. What are we going to do to protect it? And their whole thing, and this theme pops up through the film, is that uh, the hands of the living cannot touch the souls of the dead. Mm. And if they use, if they use, Me- if they use Mechagodzilla, Martha will come and destroy them. So you can't touch the dead. They have to rest in peace. And it basically ends as what happens is Mechagodzilla grabs Godzilla and because of the jetpack on its back, flies out into the middle of the ocean and they both go down to the bottom of the trench. They release Mechagodzilla because the spirit carrying the DNA um, wants to stay dead or wants to die because there's part of taken from the original bones of Godzilla. So it takes the current Godzilla down in, into the trench in the ocean. But the theme is the living do not touch the souls of the dead. They have some, they throw some stuff in there that's kind of interesting. That's cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's making me want to rewatch some Godzilla <laughs> movies now just to see it in that well, it's, light. Some of them uh, out of the 90s. Giant monsters all out attack and Tokyo SOS will probably have the biggest. That one in... Uh, Biolante, Biolante, where the scientist grasps some grafts. His daughter dies, you cells from that into flowers, and then, in other words, he ends up building this thing that eventually end up, I forgot how, turns into a monster that fights Godzilla, but it's got an ending with it when this thing is giving up its own life into the image of the daughter floating up into heaven with all these stars sparkling. So those three <laughs> really go super spiritual. Most of the others are not. Yeah. If I ever did a Godzilla movie, I would have them all go to the bottom of the ocean at the end and uh, then have to, like, swallow a bomb or something for an explosion. And then a big, massive tidal wave would just kill the world. That sounds like right? the newer versions of the Godzilla movies. Yeah. That new, um, doesn't the Godzilla vs. Kong? Is that what that oh, is? Oh, I can't wait for that. That looks really good. You see that, Ray? The trailer uh, for that? Uh, I saw part of the trailer, yeah. Get, get you excited? I know how much you like that stuff. Uh, I'm going to wait and see. The only reason I'm not excited is it's not a Toho film. I know, but the guy who's making it, uh, Wingard, Adam Wingard, I think, is actually, he's a talented film. He, like, he comes from the horror world, actually. I'll probably watch it, and I'll probably enjoy it, but there's some of the twist that, like in Giant Monsters All Out Attack, when Godzilla first shows up, some people are in the building, uh, and the building is shaking. And like one says, that's not an earthquake. And they go, and there's a guy standing in a window and he looks up there. And you can see him in a window. You can see the house he's in. And a foot just comes down and crushes the whole thing. Yeah. 
a survivor from that is in the hospital screaming that, you know, Godzilla is coming. Godzilla is coming. But they're not is, listening. Is in a true is in a room with a in traction. Godzilla is in the city trashing it goes. And this is Toha. Toha has a weird sense of humor. Yeah. Which is what I like. Godzilla. She sees Godzilla and Godzilla goes walking by and she lays back in her bed and goes, ah, then the tail comes up, smack, takes the building down right where she is. Ugh. So they got they they throw some stuff in there that's like uh, I happen to like it. It's some of it's a little sick, but it kind of makes the films a little bit more interesting. Yeah, when the theater if the theaters return, Ray, you, me, Mad Mel, J Dub, Alex Hawk, gonna go see this Godzilla versus Kong movie. Yeah, I would definitely love to see that on the big screen and no. not at home because I saw. I saw Godzilla and I saw uh, Kong, the Skull Island movie in theaters. I monster the monsters one. I had to wait till that came out on pay per view, but I bought that as soon as it came out. I think I brought the kids to go see that. Now Ray is a fan of uh, the Godzilla. You got uh, excited by the fact that the fact that this looks so good. Looks like you're probably going to see another standalone Godzilla American film it looks it looks good i enjoyed the last one yeah Uh, um i look forward to seeing what they do on this one and seeing how it all turns out uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a chance i'm curious to see it and uh probably like i said i probably will enjoy it yeah the thing i'd be waiting for would be uh a sequel to shin godzilla that would that would be good we got to get a petition going to make sure Ray Boone's in the next Shin Godzilla movie. It was funny, too, because like when I first originally, I just actually watched Shin Godzilla for the first time either last year or the year before. And I didn't think I was going to like it. And I actually really enjoyed it. So, like, a sequel probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I can. You get I, the, I, 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 you I see, approve you, that you message. See, you see the tail at the end the in the last segment? Yeah. With those tiny little half Godzilla, half human things breaking off of the tail. Yep. I love that. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's enough of a reason right there to do a sequel and have it start with that last scene. But, uh, yeah, in the, in the Toho films, like Giant Monsters All Out Attack, Tokyo SOS, some of the uh, Mecha Godzilla, and there are other films, too, maybe to a lesser extent. They tend to tie in a lot of legend and spirituality when Toho took over uh, the Gamera films, especially Revenge of Isis. That is creepy about good, evil, end of the world. Um, not your standard creature feature. Yeah. They kind of transitioned more into that in, in the Toho films. Throwing all those extra elements in there. And uh, it may not be pure ghost, but it's good and evil, or the ghost of people dying. I like I like those tie-ins. I have a creature feature uh, film idea starring Ray Putin. I don't know if I ever told you about it. I've had it in my head for a long time. You'd fit it perfectly. Maybe we'll have to make it happen one of these days. <laughs> Why not? Sounds good. So you want to pop into another uh, film, or should we 
start to wrap it up. I know we're a little over probably, an we hour probably and a half should, mark We now. probably should wrap this one up and definitely do a part two, though, because like I love, I love when Mary, I'm actually able to talk to Ray about ghost stuff. I knew so. we would. <laughs> I knew we'd, we'd journey deep up in, deep up in. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll wrap it up a little bit. This will be the first part. Um, we'll have another uh, part coming to you guys soon, I guess. We'll we'll we'll, we'll figure out how we're going to do this. But um, yeah, you catch this on both Shock Cream with Mel and Maddie page as well as the Mostly Ghostly page. You know, cross uh, promoting. Very nice. We'll even Deadly Grounds Coffee. There you go, Leo. Merry yep. Christmas. Always got the Deadly Grounds Coffee ready. Deadly Grounds Coffee is uh, great coffee. I missed it. One of my fa- favorite things at the convention is going and getting some Deadly Grounds Coffee. Oh, I always joke with Tom and tell him that I just need a. Co- I just need them to do a Deadly Grounds IV for me. Mm-hmm. And I'll be happy. But he's drinking how- it right now. Yeah, my favorite. Should, oh, the, the chocolate cherry—that's my favorite one. We should have them on the show. We'll make that happen. And the fact that they drive around in a friggin' hearse for their company car is fantastic. That is fantastic. I gotta wait till I die to drive around in a hearse for crying. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. You you wouldn't buy one if somebody was selling one. If, it was if I can make it look like the Ghostbusters car. I was just gonna say, how cool would that be? A hearse. Uh, you know what I mean. Ghostbusters got hers. You gotta modify it though. Or like Angus or Angus Scrim's Scrim's uh, hearse in the Phantasm movies. I want the Phantasm three hearse. Check it out. I want I want a hearse, but what I want to do is I want to modify it slightly in the back section from the inside. Yeah. Expecting it too badly. I want it to look like. When you look at the back, someone tried to punch their way out with like claw marks and fist marks from the inside going out. Do that to the covering on the inside, and then uh, you're driving down the street, and someone sees that, and it's like, oh, I tried to get out of there. I want to do something like this. My dad gave me these. He's had these for years. They're little hearse cars. This one says Mummy Dearest on it, and... It's got a skull on the hood for the hood ornament. And when you push on the skull, the, the casket pops out of the back. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a little figurine inside, the, a little body inside the coffin uh, in, in both of them. And the other one says Monster Mania. And it's got like elaborate. Frankenstein on the. Yeah, these are dope. And my dad was like, you can have these. He's like, they suit you so much more now. And I used to love playing with these when I was a kid. You know, not even thinking about it. Just thought they looked cool. And now they're mine. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Like, the this Monster Mania one's pretty dope. It's got Frankenstein on the hood. And then Dracula is in the coffin. I like that. Where he belongs. Yep. I support the hell out of that. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> I love those but, old kid, those toys. I still, I got my toys, you know. But this is how I would drive a hearse. If it was done up to look like something like this, where... It, was movie related type of deal like yeah, with the ghostbusters the ecto one yeah we could do a shock treatment hearse imagine to see a shock treatment hearse for promo that'd be great but then we'd be biting off a of deadly grounds you know that's how they leo. they're known leo pond we know you listen to the show out there so we're telling you right now that the dorkening flip a shock treatment with mel and maddie hearse okay and then we want a mostly ghostly um, man, her- hearse too. 
We'll take one hearse and you can put both both shows on the one hearse. Yeah, one name on each side. With some big extravagant design that ties both shows together. We'll put the new Blockbuster uh, Dorkening logo on there as well. Yeah, that's kind of dope. I like that. Very dope stuff. Very good stuff. We're kicking it. Ray, I love that look. I know. I like when he's walking down the hallway. It looks like that, he's... That's a great shot for you to be a mafioso. we got to do... A, yeah, what, you need the, the glasses. They're like, they're purple. If those had like a purple tint to them, you'd be ready to go blow someone's head off. Or, so, or, the, or those like, those dark blue ones. I was in a movie years ago. Uh, I played a mob boss. Yeah. Yeah, I had some fun intimidating a guy. I can see I could see you being a mob boss in a movie. I can see you being a mob boss in real life. Just because you've oh. got that you've got that no because because of the fact that he's like so laid back and so soft spoken, you know, he that's a voice level that will instill more fear in people because when you can keep the same tone no matter what kind of a mood you're in, that scares the shit out of people because with certain situations because especially if it's something that you're expected to you know blow up and you know it be like Hiroshima or something you know <laughs> I drop bombs like Hiroshima yeah so like to be able to just stay at the same tone talking like we are right now yeah. is more scary to people well you know the way that works is you don't need to raise your voice when you know, hey, I don't like you. That means you disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to get upset. We'll see you in the next scene in cement boots at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, yeah. Well, no, 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 man. I own a construction company. You're going to be come out of that foundation. They'll never find you. <laughs> You're going to help become the foundation of a very important situation, okay? That's what I tell people. If I was a mobster guy right before I put him, kill him up to put him in the, in the foundation, I'd say, I just want you to know before you go, you're going to be the foundation of something very important here. And you will be a <laughs> member of the next haunted house for our ghost episode. We're, we're <laughs> going to build something very nice on the back, on the back of your hard support. <laughs> yeah, um, the mafia life I was talking to somebody the other day it's like if you could when you died or whatever whatever like there's like let's say in the future you're allowed there, there's things called uh, where's your soul I, going I'm going I'm going to heaven where are you going you know Lake of Fire I'm, I'm probably I'm probably gonna go make s'mores in hell oh, be, you gotta be nice you gotta at least think <laughs> positive you got to stay positive. I'm driving the bus, bro. And I'm going to go make s'mores. If you could come back, if you could come back, let's say they, they said, okay, you can take like three runs at life. All right. And you uh, you could pick the life that you wanted. Like, let's say you want, always wanted to be, you know, a famous doctor, famous, rich and famous doctor that everybody knew. But you were, you were a good person because you saved life type deal. You could be a celebrity of any sort. You could be an activist that actually changes something for the better. You know, like what would what would be 
you know, a lifestyle that you would like to come back and do that is completely different than what you do now? Oh, I'm not saying I'd get in trouble. Me yeah, too. Probably, That's weird. I probably huh? would too. That's weird that we both <laughs> say that. I know all three, three of us. That. Yeah, because I'd probably come back as a hit person and you know, take out all the mean people. I don't know if I'd come back as a hit person. Ninja. I'd be a ninja for sure. Be a ninja. Ninja. <laughs> you know. I'd kind of, if I could do it, I'd come back and it'd be shock treatment with Maddie and Mel. If I can do it all over again, <laughs> tell you the truth. If I can be the only reason my name is first is because it was my idea. <laughs> my lawyers will be calling you up soon to talk about that. All right, have your people call my people. I'm gonna have that taken out of the show, deleted, <laughs> cut out of that. Hey, we can take the shock treatment with Mel and Maddie off. I'm okay with that. We just make a shock treatment. That, that I've never seen a cigarette glow as much as that thing just glowed. I thought there was a comet in the fucking frame. I knew what was going on. I was afraid. <laughs> that was like a, I've never. That was like a whole. You take a cig, the whole entire cigarette grow, glows orange for a moment. Because he's not smoking a cigarette. Oh yeah, yeah. He's smoking sage. Ray. The other night for the full moon was the sage night. If you if you inhaled sage, what would that do to you? Would it make you sick? Get you high? Uh, probably make you sick. You know, is it one of those things that you're supposed to wave out of the house after you sage your house? You're supposed to air out the house after, or is that something you can you're just kind of actually, let linger? You're supposed to actually have the door open while you're doing it, so that all the negative energy goes out the door or out the window. Yeah, Mel's a sager. Yes, I am. We call her a new sager. New sager. No, I'm not new. I've done it. I I just was able to get my hands on more because I only will get my sage from certain places. And, like, most of the places that I would normally get it, I haven't been able to go because I haven't wanted, we haven't been able to go to Salem. What would be the reasoning for you wanting to get get sage somewhere and a reason why you wouldn't want to get it somewhere else? It's, it's not even so much that. It's just, like, I, I like to stick to people I know. And yeah, like, like um, the people I like to get my sage from are those sisters that they usually had a booth at Rock and Shock, but they were from Salem and I was buying all my sage and my crystals and like stuff for like protection spells and whatnot from them. And yeah. like I had bought a necklace from them at the last Rock and Shock that I went to in like, I don't know, 2017 or 18. One, 2017, it was right before I got divorced. And I had bought a necklace from them that was um, geared for protection. I put that necklace on. I didn't even have that necklace on for an hour before I lost it. Yeah. Which they told me that meant that somebody was putting out some bad energy against me, which is mm. why it broke right after I had put it on. Interesting. Yeah, so they gave me another necklace. <laughs> oh. I like this little setup. There is it that is. Same Michael? Oh, no. Ray, do you have any rituals before you go to bed every night and when you wake up in the morning? Uh, simple prayers. How long? When you say simple, is that like five minutes or does it go into one? Do you make pot? Is that we? Ooh, I like that. I get I like that same that, picture. Yeah. I got that same picture in my room 
of Ray with the coat. Ah, that that's, Godzilla is dope. That's dope. I've seen that like online. Ray has the original. <laughs> yep, that one actually co- that one comes from Israel. That's pretty. That um, is nice. There's a there's a there's sometimes at the Emerald Square Mall at Christmas time. There's a booth in the middle of the mall. I didn't go this year, so I don't know if they still had it. But there, everything that they have are like crosses and like things like a plaque like that that came from Israel that has like the earth and somehow embedded. Like we had bought my ex mother in law a cross that had like sand or dirt or something from Jerusalem inside, like a little vial inside the cross that was supposed yeah. to help make it, you know, more holy because it's from the Holy Land. So I like those kinds of things for that reason, just because if it, if, to me, it's like extra protection. Yeah. Because it came straight from, you know, over there. Yeah, we got the full tour of... of Yeah, the full tour of all the crosses and protection. What was the uh, the letters that was in that that first cross? What were those? Well, that plaque is one I made. Yeah. Um, It has a cross over the Star of David and the letters of in Paleo Hebrew, uh, and it's the name of God. Man, I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that whole little setup. Oh, that that's this is all just one room. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I like I like the the flow. The um, what do you call it? Yeah, we won't go too deep into Ray's. That's another episode. Privacy over here. We are uh, we are an audio show, but this episode we're gonna do a video for Ray because we know how much he likes video. Yeah, Ray says Ray would never have taken us for this tour if he knew it was gonna be a video episode. <laughs> Maybe one of these days we'll do like a fun tour episode of uh, we'll show we'll do like an episode showing off our uh, our like fun stuff that we have our collections and such. Yeah, I won't have to go far. Everything's in this one room. <laughs> we're, we're we're wandering, so I'm gonna wrap it up and then we can still talk right after. All right? Okay. All right. So Ray. Yeah. What was the last movie we talked about? Um. Yeah. With the Godzilla movies and how they were spinning. Yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I asked about the. See, now I'll be able to. lost his train of thought. No, no, I left the the silence. When I have the silence, I'll be able to find out what needs to be cut and whether the cut needs to happen because I'll see it in the bumps. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without even having to blast it out. All right. Well, hey, yeah. Well, that was a good show. That was definitely a great episode, Uh, a mashup episode where we uh, we didn't even really scratch the surface, really, when you think about it, Um, because we did as as we like to go in the different directions and such. We did that this evening. This evening, we always do. But every but all the movies that were mentioned already so far, all tied in to one another in some way, shape, or form. So 
having Ray joining us is good too because you know we get his opinion on yeah how much of the energy and the vibes off of you know the negative vibes and or, or the way things are portrayed in the movies is real and not real or how much of it should be believable and how much of it's bullshit type of deal you know well the wraparound stuff's the fun stuff you know what i mean everybody's got an opinion and we can just talk about some of our favorite ghost movies but getting deeper is what i i assume people would want to hear what do you think Ray? i like the i like to go deep <laughs> I heard that. About, I heard that. That's, I, heard yeah, that I just, about, I just left myself open for all kinds of jokes on that one. Mad Mel, I heard that about you. <laughs> Mad Mel does it deep, Bob. It's a good thing that the the peanut gallery is not in the room, or there would have been a comment. <laughs> we'll have a comment on the on the on the, the link when it comes out. Yeah, I'm sure. Watch Mel insert foot into mouth as per usual. <laughs> so Ray, where uh, yeah. where can people see you and hear you? Um, who wanna wanna learn more about you and your stuff? Okay, me and my stuff. Well, uh, if you're talking acting, I got IMDb. I got a, the list on the list on there. I got a Facebook page, uh, Ray Booten Actor. I have a spiritual page, uh, Companions of Spirit, touches on a little of everything. And, of course, they want to actually hear it. They got mostly ghostly. Ooh, I like it. On Spotify, and it also has a Facebook page. Oh, yeah. It's It's, uh, wherever people listen to podcasts. I think wherever anybody would listen to this show, they could find that show and vice versa. You know what I mean? We're going to yep. get your co-host on here one of these days. Double. He's elusive. <laughs> He's very elusive. He's a very elusive character. Um, what do you got coming up for film work? You got any films in the in the pike? I know you said you you were directing, making your directorial debut. I'm going to finish up the short GPS. Yeah. Um, there's another short I've been cast in and a couple of feature-length films coming up. That's great. Good to see you staying busy in the COVID times. That's not easy. You going to do anything crazy like travel to Romania for either of the film projects? Uh, no, but in March, if you got Prime, uh, watch for a uh, series showing up on Prime called Reflections. It's kind of a sci-fi, uh, crazy espionage, really. It's fun, basically. It sounds but good. It's called Reflections. Uh, got a couple scenes in that. Got some lines. Play a CIA agent. I think I'm in the first episode. I might be in another one also. And so we get that petition going. We want Ray in the next Shin Godzilla film all the way in Japan. We're going to start. And when, when he's on his way over there, we're getting a shirt that says, Fuck Romania. It's all about Japan, <laughs> baby. Fuck that. Big fucking, it'll be like that. With Godzilla's foot coming down on a map of Romania. That'll be that. It'll be that. It'll be that dude from like the nineties that would put piss on the Ford sign and the Chevy sign and stuff. Or the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah, you remember that guy? Yeah, that guy. We we should bring that guy back. You want to watch a fun Godzilla short? Yeah, it's animated. It's only about a minute long or even less. Is this the one with him and Bambi? Yep, Godzilla meets Bambi. Yeah, Look it up that on one's the, on great. The web. I'll watch it. I saw that back when I was in college, back in the uh, early 70s, and that was great. And I've <laughs> yeah. seen it since. I went back to look at it again. 
You guys ever see that weird Shrek short on YouTube where he's like, he like rapes the kid? No. Oh no. my goodness, you'd be horrified. It's like, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Uh, Mad Mel, where can they, for all the mostly ghostly listeners right now, where can they uh, catch you and hear you and see you? Well, I have, I also have an IMDb page saying I'm trying to spread my wings and, you know, <laughs> learn a little more. Um, oh, yeah, can, learn to fly. Yeah, learn to fly, little bird. And then I have, I have you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we have a shock treatment page on Twitter. I have a personal page on Twitter. Working on an Instagram page for shock treatment. We do have a shock treatment page on Facebook. So there's no form of social media. You can't find us, find me, especially when it's related to shock treatment. And then Apple, iTunes, wherever, wherever you listen to uh, your podcasts for our show. Hell yeah, hell yeah. On our great Dorkening Podcast Network. On the Dorkening, both shows on the Dorkening Podcast Network, I heard. Very good Where, stuff. Yep, sponsored by Diddly Grounds. We should probably give props to Behold the Pill Podcast and the Boombastic Cast as well out there on, on the network with us. So Alexander Hawk can be a happy guy. He doesn't have to be sad anymore. <laughs> so... You know, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening, everybody for joining us on the show, whether being here recording or in the audience, you know. Or on the other side. Or on the other side. You know, and if that's the case, then hey, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. (laughs) 